Good morning, church. I was told this morning, almost in a panic, that we were not going to have slides. I have a word for those of you who are uh, approaching my age. You remember, there was a time (laughs) when we sang out of a book. Remember that? And those of you who are younger are going, no. Yeah, there was a time when we didn't have any slides and we sang out of a book. And there was a time, believe it or not, when Scripture was not put up on a screen behind the preacher It actually was read out of a book, the Bible. So if you have your Bibles, open them with me this morning to 1 Kings chapter 19. We're coming today to the final sermon in our series we've entitled Power Walking. We've been looking at what the Bible has to say about the power that comes into an individual's life when they live life walking with God. And we've examined that from a number of different perspectives this morning we're going to be looking at the idea that when we're walking with God, we need to have the right provision. Power walking through life requires that we have the right provisions. And a lot of the sermon this morning is just going to be common sense. As we go through this, you're just going to be saying, oh, well, of course. This shouldn't come as a surprise to us because the same thing is true needing provisions, that is. Same thing is true when we are physically walking. One popular exercise website has this to say about provisions. The amount of food and water that you carry depends on the length of your walk and the weather conditions. It stands to reason that if you're sweating more, you'll need to drink more water. Before you begin to walk, you should be well hydrated. In fact, it's a good idea to drink at least eight glasses a day. About an hour or two before walking, drink a large glass of water. If you're going through a walk of 30 to 60 minutes, you should carry water and drink as you get thirsty. For walks longer than 60 minutes, you may want to consider some sort of electrolyte replacement drink. With regard to food... It's best to eat an hour or two before the walk to allow sufficient time to digest. If you're planning on walking for 30 to 60 minutes, it's probably not necessary to carry food with you. But for longer walks, you have many options. Some walkers like to use the very popular power bars with a mixture of carbohydrates and proteins in a small package. Others like to bring fruit or nuts or some sort of trail mix. Provisions, listen to this, Provisions are an important part of your walk. So again, there's this parallel between physical power walking and spiritual power walking because with spiritual power walking, provisions are also very important. If we want to successfully walk with power through life, we recognize that we need to give serious attention to the right provisions. Now, just after Elijah defeated the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. He did some pretty serious power walking. You may remember this. 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning in verse 3. 
Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, listen to this, strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Now you talk about some power walking. That's some power walking. 40 days and 40 nights. Let's look at this concept of provisions this morning. Let's look first at the need for God's provisions. The need for God's provisions. What kinds of needs did Elijah have here? We're going to assume we have the same needs. Look again at verse 3. Elijah, it says, Elijah was afraid. Fear is an emotion, isn't it? We recognize that we have emotional needs as we're walking through life. I have emotional needs. You have emotional needs. Tell me something. Are you afraid this morning? And if so, what are you afraid of? I mean, we all go through this. This is nothing unusual. What are you afraid of? Failure? Being deserted? Abandonment? Losing a loved one? Health problems? Are you afraid of being alone? When Linda and I went to our first little church out of the seminary, Collinsville, Texas, we met an unusual situation. We, uh, we went there following a pastor who'd been pastor there for 27 years, and he died. He died. So it, it was a difficult, a difficult transition for that church to make, and we, just, we were doing everything we could uh, to minister to their needs. He left behind a widow and a daughter who was uh, in late high school. They became our dear friends, Christine and Suzanne. One day, Christine, the widow, came to our house, sat down, and burst into tears. Christine, what's wrong? How can we help you? Through tears, she explained that she was raised in a large family where she was the youngest, and so she always had older siblings taking care of her. And she said, when I got married, I left the love of my home and the protection of my father to move in with my new husband and our little home together. And she said, not very long after that, we had our daughter 
Suzanne. So she said, I, I went from the protection of my father to the protection of my husband. And we lived together joyfully for all those many years. And we had Suzanne, our daughter. And she said, when my husband died, she said, I still had my daughter at home. And we lived together. But she said, now Suzanne has gone off to college. And she said, I'm all by myself. And she said, I'm afraid of being alone. I'm afraid of being alone. Many of us here have never experienced that. Many of us here have experienced it. It's a fearful thing. Sometimes we're afraid. Sometimes we worry. Sometimes we have broken hearts. Sometimes we grieve. But all of us, all of us have emotional needs. We all have emotional needs. Look what else here in verse 4. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Man, poor Elijah. What we're looking at here is he's suffering spiritual needs, not just emotional needs. Elijah suffered spiritual needs. We have spiritual needs. We encounter many people over the years who have spiritual needs. I, uh, I encounter people often, not as much anymore as I once did, but people uh, who are suffering spiritual needs. People who say something like, Pastor, I just feel dried up in my walk with the Lord. Still coming to church, still serving, but the joy of my salvation just seems to be gone. Or sometimes people will say, Pastor, I just need a deeper walk with the Lord. Or I need to gain victory over this particular sin in my life. Or I want to be more godly husband or more godly wife or more godly parent. Or even the most basic of spiritual needs, people very often will say, I just, I just doubt, I doubt my eternal security. I, you know, it's hard for me, Pastor, to believe that I'm saved and that I'm always going to be saved. And so I've encountered this through all my ministry, just sitting down with people and helping them work through Spiritual needs. And then look at verse 5. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. You know why he fell asleep? He was exhausted. He was, he was worn out. Do you ever get just physically at the end of yourself? Listen to me, sometimes we have physical needs. We have emotional needs, spiritual needs, but sometimes we have physical needs. Health, family, financial needs, career needs. Our child rebels. Sometimes, sometimes the needs of life just accumulate and accumulate and accumulate until the next one just is the straw that breaks the camel's back. Has that ever happened to you? Now, can I just complain to you? Is it all right? I, I know I'm your pastor, but you'll be rid of me before long. 
I just I need to complain. I need to vent here for a moment. Twelve days ago, twelve days ago, after I'd washed my truck, not this one, we're a two-truck family. I've got an old 2001 Silverado. After I'd washed the truck, I cranked it up and it just it revved went just way up and I turned it off. And I thought, well, something's wrong. So I turned it on again. Boy, it just revved up and I turned it off. Could not figure out what was wrong. So I called my mechanic and he said, oh, it can be, I've known him a long time. He said, Pastor, it can be a number of things. Just uh, have it towed over here. So we called a tow truck. Tow truck came, picked it up, carried it to the, carried it to the mechanic. I got the call Tuesday a week ago while I was here. Pastor, I found out why your car's revving up. What? He said, you wash your truck? Yeah. He said, when you put your WeatherTech weather floor mats back into the... <laughs> back in the floorboard, you laid them over the gas pedal. <laughs> I said, I am so embarrassed. He said, I would be embarrassed too. I'm never going to let you forget this, Pastor. He said, now I fixed it, but I've got to charge you for the labor. And he told me how much the labor was. And he said, by the way, we found a whole host of other problems with this truck. It's 21 years old. Okay, all right, go and fix it. So it cost a fortune for my weather tech problem. Went and picked it up, totally humiliated. Went and picked it up. On the way home, the heater wouldn't work. Been working fine. What did you do to my truck? The heater won't work. We didn't do anything to your truck, so I carried it back. He says, it needs to be flushed out. It's going to cost a fortune. I said, at some point, I'm just going to give you the truck. You know, it's... So he flushed it out. Heater's working perfectly. This was uh, the day before Thanksgiving, Wednesday. He went and picked it up. Is this everything? Yeah, I think we got it all, Pastor. I think we got it all. So drove it home. Rainstorm coming. Boy, it's rained in Pflugerville. Rainstorm coming, pulled into the driveway, turned it off. The window on the pasture side went boop, about three inches down. I thought, what is that? I've got to get that fixed because it's about to rain. So I turned it back on, hit the electric button, and it went thunk. And the window just fell down inside the door. So I'm out there in the rain with a black trash bag trying to cover up the windows with black tape raining down on me and I thought God please this is enough you ever feel that way it's just one problem after another problem after another problem they just mount up until finally it's just the straw that breaks the camel's back here's what I'm saying to you we have needs we need provision we have needs we have physical needs we have spiritual needs we have emotional needs it's a reality of life it's not just me you've got them too The need for God's provision is great. Here's another thing. Let's look at the nature of God's provision. Verse 5. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around. By his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then laid down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate 
and drank. Now we're not told there how much time lapsed between falling asleep and him being wakened. We're just told that it was a startled awakening. It could have just been a few minutes, could have been several days, as tired as he was. All we know is that during that period of time, somehow, God intervened and dealt with Elijah's emotional needs. He had emotional needs. God dealt with them. God dealt with them. Listen, God provides for our emotional needs. He quiets our fears. He soothes our anxieties. He knows exactly what our needs are, and He he ministers to them. How? Different with everybody. Different in every situation. He carries us through our emotional needs. Heals our broken hearts. Notice also that it's it's an angel of the Lord that's ministering the provisions of the Lord. It's this spiritual being that's ministering to the spirit of Elijah. Very often in Scripture, the term angel of the Lord is synonymous with the Lord Himself. So let's recognize that God not only provides for His emotional needs, God provides for our spiritual needs. How? Different every time. Different every time. I don't know what spiritual needs you're going through this morning, but I know this, just like with Elijah, God will provide for that need if you let Him God will write your name in His book of life, ensuring for you a guaranteed reservations in heaven. He'll help you become a godly husband, a godly wife, or a godly parent. He'll meet that need. He'll give you victory over that sin. He'll grant you a deeper walk with Him. He restores your joy. In fact, David says in Psalm 51, that famous Psalm, verse 12, David said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And and God did that. Most of David's joyous psalms were written after he prayed that prayer. And then, not only does God meet emotional needs and spiritual needs, this is the most dramatic. Notice the physical provisions God gave Elijah. Food, drink, rest. God provides for our physical needs. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 3. The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 through 24. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Of course, compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And then out of the New Testament, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. My God will supply all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let me say that again. My God will supply all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. That's the nature of God's provisions. They're total. Don't know where you are this morning. Don't know what you're going through. His provisions are total. Let's do this. Let's look at the result of God's provisions. Verse 8. 
So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by that food. He traveled or he power walked 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, folks, that's some serious power walking. That's what we need. What was the result of God's provisions in Elijah's case? He was strengthened emotionally. He was strengthened spiritually. He was strengthened physically. Good heavens, was he ever strengthened physically? What will be the result of God's provisions in our lives? We will be totally strengthened, body, mind, and spirit. Psalm chapter 18, verse 32. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way or my path or my road perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You give me your shield of victory and your right hand sustains me. You stoop down to make me great. You broaden the path beneath me so that my ankles do not turn on the path of God while walking with God. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need. Everything we need. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do everything, all things, through Him who gives me strength. Strength, provisions for all of life. As a result of God's provisions, we will be totally strengthened to power walk through life. You don't believe it, give him a chance. When we went to our first church where I told you we became friends with the widow and her daughter, my youngest son was between the second and third grade. He broke one of our cardinal rules, he rode on the back of a motorcycle. While he was riding on the motorcycle, he got his right toe into the spokes of the motorcycle, and it yanked his leg down in between the tire and the back of that hot muffler. And the motorcycle screeched to a stop and fell over with my baby boy, pinned in torment on that motorcycle. He laid there screaming and screaming and screaming. One of the men of our church just happened to drive by in his pickup. He had the tools. He jumped out of his truck and disassembled the motorcycle and freed my son from that burning muffler. It was two weeks, I mean, two blocks from our house. Somebody ran down to the house and told me what had happened. I ran down to him, picked him up in my arms while he's still screaming, ran to the house. Linda had prepared the car. We jumped in the car, drove 30 minutes to the nearest ER. During that time, we became mighty 
prayer warriors. We turned it all over to the Lord. Over the next months, there were six major surgeries. The assumption was that he was going to lose his foot. He had fourth-degree burns, which means the skin, the meat, and the bone were all destroyed. There was a physician who was a Vietnam veteran who took me aside and took Linda aside and said, I've seen a surgery done in combat situations that I think will work if you allow me. We, we said, sure, go ahead. He saved Jarrett's foot. He saved his foot. But the doctors said, his foot is saved, we won't have to amputate it, but he may never walk again. And if by some miracle he walks, he'll never be able to run and play like the other boys. Fast forward 10 years. Now we're in Pflugerville. Jarrett was the only boy on the high school football team to be awarded first team all district wide receiver. You should have seen him run. He ran like the wind. He also swept all the blue ribbons and the high hurdles. He could do high hurdles like an elk. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those whose hope is in the Lord renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I am here to tell you, friend, God has provisions for our needs, and His provisions meet all our needs. And the result of God's provisions in our life is we walk and not grow weary. We run through life. Power walking? No, power running through life. If you long to walk through life with power, learn to walk with God.